بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وآثر الصدق في كل موطن تغنم واعتزل الفضول تسلم فإن الصدق يهدي إلى البر والبر يهدي إلى رضا الله تعالى والكذب يهدي إلى الفجور والفجور يورث سخط الله Imam al-Muhasibi says, may Allah bless him, may Allah have mercy on him. He says, always give preference to the truth in every place. In every place, give preference to the truth. And taghnam, which means you will come back with booty. That's the literal translation. You will benefit. You will come back with something. Because the word ghanima, it means to go and acquire something through effort which is generally the booty of war, for example. That's what you call ghanima. Ibn al-Jawzi, our great al-Hafidh Ibn al-Jawzi of Baghdad, uh, he mentions in his, uh, he's got a book on manaqib of Imam Ahmad Ibn Hanbal. He says there, he relates from Tamim al-Razi, who says that I heard from Abu Zur'a al-Razi, that I said to Imam Ahmad Ibn Hanbal, how are you? How did you manage to extricate yourself? How did you manage to extract yourself from the sword of Mu'tasim, who was one of the leaders of the time, and from the the whip of Wathiq Billah? Uh, so, Imam Ahmad went through quite a few caliphs in his time. Uh, so, Mu'tasim. And then Wathiq, and then there was Mutawakkil, and before these guys there was Ma'moon al-Rashid as well. So how did you manage to get yourself away from these things? So he thought, you know, whatever the reason is, how do you get away from a king, a ruler, a khalif, especially if they're known for some kind of tyranny or aggression? You have to sometimes bend the truth. You have to sometimes say other things he says the the reason he gave he says if you put truth if you put truthfulness even on a wound that wound will become better that was just his way of saying that truth is always what works while you may think otherwise but truth is always what works that even if you put it on a wound, that wound would become better. Truth is just very powerful. Iyas ibn Muawiyah al-Muzani, who was the Qadi of Basra of his time, says that, Inna ashrafa khisalir khisalir rajuli sidqul lisani That one of the most noble characteristic of any person is the truthfulness of their tongue. And you know, there's no doubt about it. Just think in your life, in people that you know, somebody who's just always truthful. What do you think about that person? What's your opinion about that person? Do you ever feel threatened by that person? You will never feel threatened by a truthful person because they are very honest and apparent. They're transparent. They're clear-cut. There's no politics involved. 
It's quite simple, straightforward. Whereas when there's a person who's not truthful, then there's a security problem there. You don't feel secure with such a person because you don't know what the truth is. What is the truth, by the way? The truth is what is supposed to be out there in reality. That which is the reality, that which is really occurring outside in the, in the real world. I can tell you whatever I want to in falsehood, but that doesn't match with what's a reality. I can tell you that I have this or I have that, I own this or I own that, or I've achieved this or I've achieved that particular award, but in reality it doesn't exist. <coughs> so what falsehood does is that it mixes up reality of a person. And when, when reality is confused, then that is a very difficult state to be in. When you don't really know what's going on, you think, in fact, one is you don't know, and you know you don't know, then that's understandable. You will be looking for the truth. But when you think you know, because you've been fed a falsehood, then you've been given a completely different picture to what is the reality. And Allah loves the truth to be as it is. Because Allah Himself is the truthful one. He is Al-Haq, Al-Mubi, He is the Al-Haq as well. He is the, 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 the truthful one Himself. So anybody that's as close to the nature of how Allah wants things to be, and how Allah is Himself, the truth, nothing but the truth, then those people who are closest to the truth will always be beneficial. And I'm personally through experience, as you grow up, as you grow up, you try different things. You find yourself in situations. And you try different things to try to extract yourself from them, right? And what happens is that when you start speaking a falsehood or when you start acting a lie, right? That's the state becomes a lie. Then in every situation you will be a liar. Because in every situation you will try to adorn it. You will try to adorn it to make it seem perfect in the eye of the one you're speaking to. You will start living a false life in that sense. It's just no reality. It's too much burden on the brain. Because the next time you meet that person after five months or something, you have to recall the whole story. And especially if you're a very good liar, you can just make things up very fast based on the context and situation. Then it's going to be even more difficult. If you find it very difficult to make up a line you made one up you could probably remember that but if you're always lying then after six months eventually you will be caught out nobody survives forever because reality is stronger than any falsehood and eventually reality in some because this is a quantum world we live in everything is interconnected so I might say today that this and that but tomorrow that person is going to find out from someone that knows me that I didn't have that or I'm not what I said. And then he's going to start thinking, what's going on? What have I just done to this person? I've caused them a confusion. I've caused them a doubt about myself. It's just a massive problem. Rather have it clear cut. If you want to withhold something, withhold something. That's not a problem with that. But just don't speak a lie. And in any close relationship, business relationship, partners uh, in a business, uh, people in the household, husband and wife relationship, lying will never benefit you. It will always be. In any kind of intimate relationship, you can't really keep things hidden. They People know you too well. We know each other too well in a close relationship. 
And when you lie, then generally the other person already can predict us. When you're so close to somebody, they can predict us. Any change in that, in our norm, in our customary way of doing something, is going to be picked up. Is going to the the flags are going to be raised. There's going to be massive red flags in the in somebody's mind. They're going to then try to sub subdue those flags to believe what we're saying. But it's very difficult. But because they've just subdued the doubt that no, this person can't doesn't do that. Why is he saying he's done that? Okay, maybe he's right. The first time he's lied, right? Maybe, you know. We don't know he's lying. Or she's lying. So, we might think, okay. But because it's, it's something that we've done in our mind, which is very delicate, because it's against the norm of what we know. We, humans are very used to custom, right? Then next time something comes up that will reveal that lie, it will be picked up very easily. Unless a person right from the beginning has lived the lie. You know, like you get these professional spies that will even marry somebody, live with somebody, infiltrate somebody and live an entire lie where their name is changed, passport is changed. That's a professional lie. But if you, if studies done on such people is that they eventually, that they, they, they are traumatized by living another life. It's not their nature. Even if that is all that they know, they've, you know, a Russian spy has gone to America or whatever the case is, right? Their studies show that even such people living for 40 years, 30 years sometimes, that's not who they are. It's not who they are. And that will bother them. It eats you up from inside. That's why nifaq is such a problem because nifaq is the same thing. Hypocrisy. You're saying something outwardly which you don't believe inside. You can't live like that in the world for long. Nobody gets satisfaction that way. You get immediate satisfaction in acquiring what you want. That you know the immediate satisfaction. But you don't get a long-term satisfaction that is true contentment. Because it's just too much to make up. Too much of a burden on the brain, on the heart, on, on just everything. It doesn't mean that you have to be transparent in such a way that you have to reveal everything. That's not the case either. You know, it doesn't mean that if somebody asks you, where were you yesterday? And if you were to tell them, it would just cause a fitna, a massive problem. Then just subvert the issue and talk about something else. It doesn't mean you have to reveal everything. How much money you got in the bank? Truthfulness doesn't mean that you have to reveal that. But don't lie. You say, number one, they shouldn't be asking you that question. If they are, they've got a good reason to ask you, maybe, or they're just foolish. So you can deal with that. So it's like, uh, so something I can tell you, but uh, you know, why would you like to know that? I can, you know, uh, if you want some help, let me know. Oh yeah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I got some money in the bank. You know? So it's... You don't have to reveal everything. People don't ask those kind of questions to start with, generally speaking. But you don't have to tell everybody all of these things. You know, it's not like you have to reveal your life, but you can't lie. So that's why anybody who's transparent like that, people will that will be a characteristic that people will definitely find and they will trust you with a lot of things. 
they will trust you with a lot of things and you'll be able to get much further that way right because people will trust you the other thing is that they, people don't feel insecure with you because they know that okay we can see what you, you basically you see what you get and i remember when i was going to become <clears throat> imam uh, one of the local scholars who's no longer here he told me he spoke about the prominent families of the area he said these guys they're, they're like this these guys there's one particular family he said with these guys you will get what you see or what you see is what you will get he actually used that computer term WYSIWYG what you see is what you get that's a very old term now right <clears throat> but this was quite a few years ago and he's very right that particular family you know they're prominent in the community but they're just they're open nice decent open people there's no politics there there's no they, they don't mess around you know so that is something people will pick up and you'll be respected for that you'll earn people's duas that way and you will just get further that way right you'll attract the nicer people because truthfulness will guide towards uh, piety. Truthfulness guides you towards piety. But before that, this Iyas ibn Muawiyah al-Muzani, the Qadi of Basra, he says that the most noble, one of the most noble characteristics of a person is uh, the truthfulness of his tongue. And... Um, وَمَنْ عَدِمَ فَضِيلَةَ الصِّدْقِ فَقَدْ فُجِعَ بِأَكْرَمِ أَخْلَاقِهِ Wow. That anybody who, uh, uh, who, who, doesn't, find, uh, who doesn't find the virtue of uh, truthfulness within them, who doesn't have the virtue of truthfulness, then they have basically lost the most noble of their character. It is the most noble of character. Sidq is the most noble of character because... With, if you don't have sit properly, you will, and you can't be truthful to other people, you will not be truthful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because eventually you think, okay, I can do my prayers and everything like this, and I can be truthful in that regard and not be truthful here. Falsehood is so pervasive that what it eventually ends up doing is that it eventually pervades your entire life. It eventually pervades your entire life and it encroaches upon every other thing. A person then becomes a... Uh, considered a liar in the sight of Allah That's what the hadith mentions That a person lies And eventually he becomes known as a liar according to Allah A person is truthful until he becomes known as a siddiq As you develop your sidq and truthfulness I want to be truthful in everything Whereas a person who is a liar Eventually it will encroach even upon his spiritual life and his worship Because the person will then be living a lie They'll just be getting used to that And it's weird because It's like those people who know they're doing wrong they understand the problems of doing wrong, but they still continue to do it. A person who's got an eating problem, they eat too much, they're overweight or whatever the case is, they know they've got a problem, but they love to eat it. They still love to do it. And the reason is that this is the nature of sin. Look at the example of this. It's a quite a, it's a, quite a good parallel, this is, because eating a cheesecake, how, uh, you know, how many of us like cheesecake? Or oh, is that not something you like? Right? Okay. So cheesecake or a good chocolate or something, you know, something really sweet and nice, right? Banoffee pie or whatever it is that people like to, to have. It feels really nice to eat it. And you feel really good when you're eating it. 
But what happens after you've eaten it? Right? You feel like, oh man, what have I done? Somebody's going to tell you, you need to run this much to remove those calories. You, you, and you yourself feel wrong about it. But you'll do it again. And you, to get the pleasure, you have to do it again, though it leaves no pleasure afterwards. Absolutely no. On the other hand, if you were to take a, a jog for a mile, if you were to take a jog, I'm t talking personally as well. I mean, I love the cheesecake, no problem, right? But you feel bad after it. Take a run for a mile, it feels tough to do that. Does it, can you equate that with a cheesecake? Not at all. But how do you feel after that one, after that 20 minute run or half an hour jogging or workout? How do you feel after that? That's when you feel nice. Very similar is our worship, right? Very similar is our worship and our spiritual world, very similar to this physical aspect of the world. Doing a sin gives you the immediate pleasure, but you feel bad after it, and the sin of it lingers. You feel really bad after it. Right? But you want to do it again because you've just lost the whole pleasure after it finished, so you must do it again. Whereas, when you do worship, sometimes it's difficult to undertake that. It's like taking a jog. But once you've finished it, don't you feel a sense of elation and satisfaction? So it's very, very similar. And likewise, when it comes to Sidq, it pervades the whole, uh, uh, the Sidq and Kadhib, it pervades the whole thing. Falsehood pervades everything. You start lying and it, eventually you become a liar. And if you break relationships like that by being considered a liar, it's very difficult to mend. Because you know somebody who's always lying or somebody's known to lie, would you trust them? Why wouldn't you trust them? They may have just lied once. But generally, it's not seen as lying once. It's seen as an attitude. It's seen that, no, we can't trust them. The guy's lied. Unless you can tell that they've made a massive difference and they express that. And likewise, you can tell with truthfulness. You just have to experience truthfulness once from somebody and you will trust them. Right? You will trust them. No, I've tried him once. You know, there was that one occasion. You will remember that occasion of truthfulness. We know when, when it was a compromising situation, when other people could have tried to lie in that situation, you will respect that. And this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants it. He wants the mizan to be established, the, the scale, the balance to be maintained. al-mizan. Allah says in Surah Al-Rahman, He has placed the balance. That balance needs to be maintained by keeping the truth as the truth and falsehood as falsehood. And what's very interesting is that uh, uh, um, uh, when the, uh, the truthfulness comes, the batil dissipates. When truthfulness becomes clear, then unless there's obstinacy or stubbornness, People will generally accept that. So our job is to try to es express the truth. Be truthful and express the truth. So he says, um, give preference to, uh, yes, give preference to Sidq and uh, truthfulness in every state and you will benefit. You will see the benefit eventually come. Right? وَاَعْتَزِلِ الْفُضُولَ تَسْلَمْ وَاَعْتَزِلِ الْفُضُولَ تَسْلَمْ Which is that you must stay away from redundancy. And you will stay safe. Anything is fudul, fadula. Fadula means extra. In Arabic, the word fadula means extra. That's why fadila is a positive thing, an extra characteristic. Right? For example, if everybody was truthful and we were talking in relationship to one another here, that truthfulness would not be looked at as a fadila because everybody's got it. But in terms of human beings in general, truth is a fadila, right? Um, being generous is a fadila 
because it's over and above the norm. If everybody just gives five pounds, that's not generosity. Generosity is the person who's going to give 200 pounds. Then that's a fadila because he's gone over and above the norm. He's got a fadila. He's got an addition, a bonus, an extra. So that the word fadula is obviously a neutral term. You can use it negatively or positively. But when it becomes fadila, that word is generally used for a positive characteristic. That's why the opposite of that is razila, right? Uh, as a blameworthy characteristic. So now, uh, based on that, he's saying, وَعْتَزِلِ fudul. Stay away from fudul. That comes from the same term. So it means stay away from the extra stuff that is useless. And that means stay away from things that are going to just waste your time for no reason. Which means, simple example, just being... I, I remember there's one group that I'm on. Uh, it's one of my teachers started it. And I got behind about 950 or 60 messages. I'm behind on quite a few groups to be honest, but I had to go into this group. And this is the one group that I tried to, I tried to keep up. Like at least skim the messages. The others I can't, but at least this one, it's something I try to do. But in this particular case, I was very busy doing other things and thus this has to be secondary. It can't be my primary occupation and it shouldn't be for anybody, right? So uh, unless it's a work-related group or something, then you, know, then you have to make that priority. But, um, uh, so there was Mufti Saiful Islam's, I, I believe was on that group. So I wanted his number. I had a presentation to give the next day and I wanted to include some information about Bangladeshi madrasas and so on, so I needed to call him, right? So now that I'm 950 messages behind, I need to get his contact. But if I'm going to get to get to his contact, I need to go through the messages. Because when, uh, when you click on it, you, you get to the top message, right, from where you haven't read. Either you ignore all that and then try to find it again, which is not going to happen. And that you know you personally want to keep up with the group. So it's, it's all that kind of a relationship. So I, it was about 11 o'clock at night. I wanted to you know, quickly give him a call, uh, message or something like that. It was 11 o'clock at night and I started. And by the time I finished those messages, it was 1 o'clock. And that's not even a very intense group. A lot of the group is Amin, Amin, Amin. When I make a dua, everybody says Amin, Amin, Amin. It's an Amin group. Right? It took me nearly up to one o'clock. Okay, there were, it wasn't useless stuff, but in the grand realm of things, it was a waste of time, I think. In the grand realm of things. You, you're, get, you're getting tidbits of information. You're getting news about certain programs. You're getting certain video clips of certain nice little things. But it's not sustainable. It's not substantial. It's just bits of information. That's what it is. That's what the problem is. Two hours. Just stay away from the extra stuff. And you will stay safe. Very difficult to do that in our life. Because we, the whole world is so... I, the, the WhatsApp is not natural. Do you know that? WhatsApp groups, Facebook is not natural. Having friends is natural. You're going to say, well, it's all about having friends and associates. That is natural. But in your real life, like think when there was no social media, how often did you see your friends? You had friends. You need friends. Everybody needs friends. How often did you have them? 
You're going to meet them maybe once a day if you're going to play together, right? Or after salat, or in school, right? Or maybe some friends, some of these friends, you're going to meet once in a week, once in a month, maybe once even in a year if they're in another country. Right? That everybody is according to that. Now what's happening? Your friends are with there every moment. How do you balance friends, family, obligations, your own necessary things? How do you balance that if you've got your friends encroaching on you each time? And they're not encroaching on you, you've allowed them into your life. You have to remember that nobody forces their way into your life. As soon as somebody gets my number, I start getting forwards from them. Random forwards. I can show you the message. I send a message to them. I said, Jazakallah khair for your email. You have to be polite. I mean, like, Jazakallah khair for your email, but I get too much. Please do unsubscribe me. So, I said, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, unsubscribe you. But I don't know. People just feel like they can do this to each other. But you have to allow them and you have to engage with them to carry on. If you don't engage them, you don't respond, right? Respond after two days. They're going to say, okay, it's not, not worth pushing things in that direction. You're going to have to regulate. And if you don't do fudul, you will not stay safe. <coughs> this, is very, this, is, this is a dilemma we are going through. And it's a new dilemma in the last few years. Society takes a while for them to find the harms of something. Remember that. The studies take place. Initially, everybody takes it on. You get a few detractors, but nobody wants to listen. right? You get a few detractors that are seen as extreme online. Right? They say, oh, this is harmful for you. Then some university will take up the whole task and they will do a year-long study or five-year-long study. You know, they haven't had enough time to really understand the repercussions of this. And then they will realize, you know, now that they, were, they were talking about multitasking, this, that, and the other. Now they're realizing that the brain becomes like cheese. The way the brain is wired with all the various neutrons, when you have too many thing, uh, uh, neurons, the, way, uh, uh, the, the problem is that when you have too many different things going at once, you can't focus, it actually changes the structure of your brain. And then you, be, you, you, you can't attend to something uh, easily, because you're always... And uh, I've, I felt some of that, that you're, you're reading, but something will come into your mind, or a thought will trigger, and you want to go and check that thing straight away. And then something else will trigger in your mind you want to go and check that thing straight away and then this is left and eventually you'll get back to it but you can't be productive that way you might become aware of a lot of things and be kind of in the know-how that you know all of that what's going on but you won't have any substance and especially for ulama and I'm telling you this from experience it's a big malady especially if you want to be productive if you want to be productive Right? then you need to focus on something to produce it. If you don't focus on that and you want to stay abreast of the news, you just need to know what's going on everywhere, then yes, you will become aware of everything, but you won't produce anything substantial. Your knowledge will then become superficial because you'll know a bit about everything, but you won't know too much about one thing, which is what you need to know. That's why, وَاَتَزِلِ الْفُضُولَ تَسْلَمْ because truthfulness, it will take you and guide you towards piety. Truthfulness guides you towards piety. Uh, in a spiritual sense of it, it means that it will, uh, it, it will take you towards uh, good deeds. Al-Amal al-Salih. Abu Nu'im, Al-Hafiz Abu Nu'im has related in his Hilya. Uh, in, he's got a biography of Malik ibn Dinar. And in there he, he relates from 
Ja'far ibn Sulaiman al-Dabu'i who says that I heard Malik ibn Dinar saying al-Sidq wal-Kidb ya'tarikani fil-Qalb This is going to say what I just told you in different words. Truthfulness and falsehood, they are fighting a war in the heart. Truthfulness and falsehood will fight a war in your heart. فِي until one will evict the other, one will throw out the other, one will dominate. You see what I'm saying? You, you make a lie, right? You make a lie and the lying is winning at this point if you express it because you've just overcome the truthfulness. The next time truthfulness is still going to give a fight, but the lying will win again. And eventually the truthfulness will become so weak that it will become subdued and then lying will have a free reign. And thus a person becomes a liar. Remember the Prophet ﷺ said this? Until he becomes known as a liar according to Allah. وَإِنَّ الصِّدْكَ يَبْدُوا ضَعِيفًا كَمَا يَبْدُوا نَبَاتُ And he says that truthfulness initially appears to be weak. The weaker position. The weaker position. Just as a small sapling of a palm tree, of a date tree, looks very weak. You know, like when you see the tr when you see a grown palm, that's strong, tall, got a lot of strength, right? But when you see it small and you're comparing it in your mind psychologically to what's big, and you think, what is that? It's like a little baby, you know. But yabdu ghusnan wahidan, it starts off with just one branch. فَإِذَا شَقَّهَا صَبِي ذَهَبَ أَصْلُهَا If you're to cut this up in that state, then obviously you will ruin it completely. But likewise, if, uh, if an animal comes and just picks it out and uh, consumes it, it'll go. But as soon as you start watering it, you protect it and you water it, فَتَنْتَشِرْ It will start to spread. وَتُسْقَى فَتَنْتَشِرْ And you, it's, it's given more water and it will spread. حَتَّى يَكُونَ لَهَا أَصْلٌ أَصِيلٌ يُوطَى Until it will have a very firm basis and foundation that will withstand even something banging into it or even trying to uh, you know, overcome it. وَظِلٌ يَسْتَظِلُّ بِهِ It will then also provide shade that people will benefit from and also it will provide fruits that people will eat from so the truthfulness it takes a while to garner truthfulness to develop it to nurture it but eventually when you're known as a truthful person people will benefit from you and you will benefit from them as well as human beings likewise sidq and truthfulness starts off in the heart is very weak you think you're in a weaker position but وَيَتَفَقَّدَهُ صَاحِبُهُ وَيَزِيدُهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى But a person looks after it, he takes care of it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases it, the person looks after it more, and he makes sure he maintains it, and Allah increases it, حَتَّى يَجْعَلُهُ اللَّهُ بَرَكَةً عَلَى نَفْسِهِ Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it a source of blessing upon the person. وَيَكُونَ كَلَامُهُ دَوَاءً لِلْخَاطِئِينَ And then this person, this person will then 
anything he says will actually be a cure, a medicine, a solution for those who do wrong. And this is exactly what it is. Who does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, who, who, who does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speak about the people who are given the greatest of bounties? Who are we praying to be like? Ihdina Sirat al Mustaqim. Sirat al Ladina An'amta alayhim. The path of those who you have showered your blessing upon. Who are they? It's obscure here, isn't it? In Surah Al Fatih, it's obscure. But you find that elsewhere it says, Ma'al Ladina An'amallahu alayhim in an Nabiyin Siddiqeen. They come before Shuhada and Salihin. Because Shuhada and Salihin, they may have just become a Shaheed very fast. Right? It doesn't take long to be a Shaheed. Salihin, again, you can practice and do some good deeds. But Siddiqeen is a state. Nabiin is God-given. Siddiqeen, exclusively God-given, obviously. Everything is God-given. That's exclusively God. It gives it very specific people. Siddiqeen is a state that has to be nurtured. It's a state of being. It's not just telling the truth once. A shaheed, you can be a shaheed, get into it and be a shaheed, right? Correct your intention and be a shaheed, quickly. But siddiqeen is tough. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of the siddiqeen. Uh, the, the narrator Ja'far, uh, Ibn Sulaiman uh, al-Dabu'i, he then carries on. He says that, then Malik ibn Dinar says that, Haven't you seen them? And then he's speaking to himself, he says, of course, we've seen them. Of course, we have seen these people, the Siddiqeen. Who are they? Al-Hassan al-Basri. Sa'id ibn Jubayr. One of the great Tabi'een. Sa'id ibn Jubayr who spoke the truth even in front of Hajjaj ibn Yusuf. Right? And people like them. Sometimes from a worldly perspective, you may lose out. But people will remember that as a gallant and valor filled uh, encounter and thus you will be remembered and people will remember you afterwards that's what's important one of those people like Hassan al-Basri Sa'id ibn Jubair Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with just one of them enlivens huge group al-jama'at al-fi'am al-jama'at huge groups of people by them they're able to inspire then so many people because they become really truthful to a very high degree. And thus, you know, truthfulness will take you to piety. Piety takes you to, to the satisfaction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whereas kathib and uh, untruth, it takes you towards uh, fujur, fajara, transgression of boundaries, going beyond what's uh, the norm. Right in the wrong way. Well, fujur yurithu sakhat Allah, and uh, fujur is uh, as a transgression. It eventually gives inheritance to. It leaves as its inheritance the anger of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Subhanallah. It leaves yurith. It makes warith. Warith comes after the person dies, after you can't change that situation. So this is what it is. A person who eventually becomes fajr, right, to such a degree they don't make tawbah, he will leave behind anger of Allah upon themselves. That's why Aisha radiallahu anha says that 
there was th- th- there's no khuluq there's no akhlaq there's no character trait anqas inda ashabi rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam al-kadhib that was more deficient and more lowly and inferior blameworthy uh, according to the mess- uh, according to the companions of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam than kadhib than than lying according to the sahaba that was the worst thing because they dealt with a manifestation of kadhib which was the munafiqeen very difficult to deal with them you know when you feel that somebody's with you and they're not with you that's really bad may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us truthfulness allahumma anta salam wa minka salam tabarak wa jalali wa ikram allahumma ya hayyu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nastaghith اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Oh Allah accept our du'as Oh Allah accept our worship Oh Allah accept our gathering here Oh Allah accept our gathering Oh Allah infuse all of our hearts with your love Oh Allah infuse all of our hearts with piety O oh Allah, grant us truthfulness. O oh Allah, grant us truthfulness. Make us of the Siddiqeen. O oh Allah, remove any falsehood in our hearts. Remove any inclination to falsehood. Remove this disease of falsehood if we have it. O oh Allah, we ask you to remove this disease and purify our hearts from this. O oh Allah, grant us a strong and truthful heart. O oh Allah, we ask you for the characteristics that you gave to your, your, your companions of your messenger. O oh Allah, we ask you to grant us the barakat and the blessing that they had and the life that they led. Oh Allah, we ask you for the same closeness. Oh Allah, we ask you for that closeness. Oh Allah, we ask you for that closeness. Oh Allah, we ask that you forgive us, that you forgive us our deeds, our wrongdoings. Oh Allah, we keep falling into wrongdoings. We make tawbah and then we break our tawbah. Oh Allah, and we keep doing the same thing. We have no istiqamah. Oh Allah, grant us istiqamah, grant us steadfastness, grant us steadfastness. Oh Allah, allow us to be able to do our worships that are necessary and also an additional worships so that we can gain a place close to you in the hereafter. Oh Allah, we ask you to give us tawfiq to abstain from the haram and from all other wrongs and from the fudul and from the, from the redundant. Oh Allah, there are many distractions out there today. We ask you to grant us the ability to focus on what is substantial and beneficial for ourselves, for this dunya and the akhirah. Oh Allah, grant us barakah in what you have given us of this dunya and of the akhirah. And oh Allah, oh Allah, grant us enrichness in our heart. Oh Allah, grant us enrichness of our, in our heart. Oh Allah, if we have any debts, allow us to fulfill and quickly repay those debts. Oh Allah, with afiyah and with ease and whatever you have given us, oh Allah, we ask you for barakah and blessing. Oh Allah, grant us our permissible needs. Oh Allah, grant us our permissible needs. Oh Allah, grant us our permissible needs. Oh Allah, support us in our khidmah of our deen. Accept us for this khidmah of your deen. Oh Allah, we don't know how we can be of how we can be of assistance, but oh Allah, you know, and you can utilize anybody. Hearts are in your hand. Oh Allah, we ask that you utilize every single one of us for the service of your deen and make us closer to you. Oh Allah, make us of the knowledgeable ones. Oh Allah, make us of truly of the knowledgeable ones. Oh Allah, make us truly of the blessed ones. Oh Allah, accept our du'as. Oh Allah, accept our du'as. Oh Allah. Accept Accept our du'as. Remove the sickness and the illness of those who are sick and ill. And oh Allah, rem- oh Allah grant uh, uh, grant jannatul firdaus to our deceased. Oh Allah, grant jannatul firdaus to our deceased. And oh Allah, allow us 
to make ourselves worthy of Jannatul Firdaus before we pass away. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun alal mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.